1 Samuel chapter 13, and I simply want to focus on verse 12. Okay, we will focus on verse 12. And this is the, the scene where uh, we have King Saul, and the prophet Samuel is still alive, and King Saul is facing now a challenge with the Philistines. And Samuel instructed him to wait, wait for him, wait a week. And um, now we come to verse 12. After, of course, the fact that uh, King Saul could not wait, and he went ahead and did something that he was not supposed to do uh, because, um, well, he was impatient. And here we are at verse Well, let's just say verse 11. And Samuel said, what hast thou done? And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattered from me and that thou camest not within the days appointed and that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Michmash. Therefore, said I, the Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. If I had to put a title on this meditation, it would simply be no time to pray. No time to pray. There's that little phrase in verse 12 right in the middle. I have not made supplication unto the Lord. He ran out of time. So Saul was facing, really, death. He was facing the Philistines, and they were out to destroy him and the armies of Israel. And you can sense the urgency here. He he flat ran ran out of time. He ran out of time. And when I read these words, there there was an echo in my own heart. And I wonder if you feel it sometimes as well, where you just feel like you've run out of time. Now, It could just be through the busyness of life day by day. You know, you want to get something done in a day and you run out of time. You you have all the intention in the world to set aside time in that day to seek the Lord. And to. um, Be in the word. And one thing after another, doesn't matter how how well intentioned you are. Things just fall out during the day and you run out of time and whether that's in a day or in a week in the course of a week or it could even be in the course of a year where you say this is the year that i am going to really seek the lord and then you you find you get to the end of it and you run out of time you feel like you have not made supplication to the lord and this is the story of our lives We're just always running out of time. And if you look at this particular passage here, Saul ran out of time. I have not made supplication unto the Lord. That's a very sad thing. It's a sad place to be when you feel like you've run out of time and you've not given yourself to prayer. But do you find it not strange that Saul had time 
to do the other things that he was he was wrongfully engaged in, but he did not have time to pray. Because if you look up above, it says uh, he had a, he had actually made a burnt offering. Verse nine, Saul said, "Bring hither a burnt offering, peace offering." He offered a burnt offering. He did he did these other things that he was not commanded to do. So it's not as if he didn't have time. It's just that he didn't have time to pray. And the takeaway for me is that it's easier to do something in the flesh, even vigorously, even religiously. It's easier to do something. And I I would submit that it's easier to do just about anything than to pray. I mean, Saul actually had time. He was commanded to wait a week. If you see there at the beginning of the chapter, he was instructed, wait seven days. What was he doing for those seven days? He could have been seeking the Lord. He could have been in prayer. So it's not as if he didn't have time. And the application for us is that We actually do have time. The Lord has given us time. The Lord has given us time. Of course, we may feel ourselves busy, but we're busy filling our days and our hours with things. And even, I would say, good things. Let's just keep sinful things out of the equation for right now, because that's the obvious. But I'm talking about good things. Saul offered a burnt offering, and we can find ourselves busy about doing all kinds of things, being at every service, uh, being even involved in Bible studies and uh, going on mission trips, and, and we can be doing all kinds of things and filling our, our time doing even good things. But the hardest thing in the world to do, I think, I believe I could back this up from scripture, but the hardest thing in the world to do is to engage in meaningful spiritual prayer. It's, a, it's, a, it's likened to wrestling in the Bible. And there's a, a warfare, a, a very strong warfare aspect to prayer. And it involves time. Prayer does involve time. It's not something that you can turn on and off like a switch. It's, it is a relationship, and it takes time. You can no sooner turn on and off the relationship that you, you have with your spouse, just like, like, a, like a light switch, than you can the relationship you have with the Lord in prayer. It takes time. And so what happened here in Saul's case is that what he should have been spending day by day seeking the Lord. But then at the very last moment when he really did run out of time, he tried to seek the Lord and he couldn't. And friends, that's that's a very difficult place to be, not only in our day-to-day experience, but it's a difficult place to be in one's life, can you imagine somebody living their entire life and they come to the end and they can't seek the Lord 
because they've not cultivated a life of seeking the Lord. And at the end, they, they want to just be able to turn it on like a light switch and seek the Lord. And it doesn't work that way. Now you can, and the Lord does in great mercy uh, receive the prayers of the desperate prayers of his people. But the point I'm trying to make here is that we need to be cultivating a life of prayer every day while we have the time. Now, Saul in verse seven and eight, he faced crushing responsibilities is the way I put it. You see, the people were starting to get scattered. He was the king. The people were running and hiding. He faced crushing responsibilities. He felt the weight of the fact that he was king. And he faced impending calamity in verse 11 with the Philistines. He faced death. And we face crushing responsibilities, whether you're a pastor, whether you're a father, whether you're uh, a leader in some way, where you have those that you're responsible for. And we face great calamity and danger. And these are the times when we need to be seeking the Lord, not filling our times with secondary things. And he was, like I said, instructed to wait those seven days. Every day, what was he doing? I'm sure he was worrying quite a bit. He was filling his mind with anxiety. And he was doing and doing and doing. But he wasn't praying. Anything but praying. Until he finally, he ran out of time. And Samuel has to say, thou hast done what? Foolishly. Well, men are always to pray. The conclusion of what I want to say is that we need to be cultivating a life, not just in these emergency moments of our lives, but we need to be cultivating a life of prayer. That means in season and out of season. That means when we feel like it and we don't feel like it, we have to be cultivating the discipline, if I can use that word, of prayer. If everybody just prayed when they felt like it, we would have very little praying. I don't feel like it half the time. But there needs to be this cultivation of a life of prayer. There needs to be a prioritization of prayer. And that just goes with what I was saying. You could be doing everything else but praying. But except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. You remember? Except the Lord build the house. All that work is in vain. And so what that means is that we need to prioritize our prayer life. And uh, in the case here of our passage, Saul had to wait. It, he felt like it was taking too long. But I would encourage us that though it tarry, wait for it, according to Habakkuk 2 verse 3. It will not tarry. That's the whole point of waiting on the Lord. There's, there is an aspect of patiently waiting we often want to have immediate results 
And if we don't get those immediate results, we cast off praying. Like there's something wrong with it. No, that's the whole point is waiting, waiting. Saul was told to wait. And we are also commanded to wait. Don't be discouraged. Wait on the Lord. Now, the one final thing I just want to say is the very next chapter is the wonderful chapter of uh, his son, Jonathan, and his armor bearer and how they wrought a great victory that day. And all that to say is that even with all of our failures, of King Saul's failures in the place of prayer, the Lord still mercifully, through another generation, perhaps, brought about a great victory. And that is an encouragement. Yes, the kingdom was to be taken away from Saul. I'm sure Jonathan heard those words from Samuel, just like everybody else. And yet, that next generation, Jonathan and his armor bearer, they proved the Lord in a, in a spectacular way. So don't be discouraged about all of our failures in the place of prayer. Let's, let's just continue to wait and see what the Lord will do. Amen. Amen.